Well, good morning, friends. Uh, good morning, or perhaps good afternoon, uh, perhaps good evening, whatever time of the day this is that you get this. Uh, peace be with you, friends. Um, this, of course, is not our normal way of recording or presenting a Sunday morning sermon, but we are making the best of things. And uh, so I'm up here in our attic uh, in our house on Auburn Avenue. Um, there's a very good chance that uh, you'll hear the pitter-patter of little feet of kids coming up here trying to interrupt us, but we'll, uh, we'll push on through. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're just joining us, if you haven't been with us the last uh, couple of weeks, we are in the third Sunday of Lent now. And for Lent, we are going through the Lord's Prayer line by line and uh, meditating together on, reflecting on, practicing together prayer. Um, and so let us begin now, as is our custom, uh, with a word of prayer for the Spirit's illumination. And uh, I invite you to just pause for a moment in the season where we're, uh, many of us are doing the 40 days of A Closer Walk with God, a uh, book on centering prayer. I invite you just to, to breathe deeply with me now uh, as we center ourselves in God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God who made this world in the beginning and called it good, God who in every moment since has governed and sustained this world in love, God who promises to be constant and faithful in whatever is to come, and to, in the end, through Jesus Christ, bring about the healing and restoration of all things. We ask that you would remind us today of the comfort, the security, the sure footing we have in you. Open our hearts and minds now to behold your goodness, to glimpse something of your beauty and power, and to know your ever-present and unfailing love. For each one of us as individuals, for homes, for Sherman Street Church, for this entire world, which is broken, hurting, sick, yet upheld and held fast by you. In the good name of Jesus, we pray all these things. Amen. Well, uh, what a week this has been. Um, the last time I uh, really left our house and wandered more than, you know, a few uh, feet away from it was uh, Friday afternoon. I took a trip to Meyer um, to stock up on food and on uh, all sorts of goods uh, before that window closed um, for us to be able to do that. And uh, yeah, I don't know if that was a good idea or a bad idea, me going out Friday afternoon. Jen says it was a bad idea and she may or may not be right about that, but uh, I did it. And 
it was a surreal experience. And if some of you have been out in the last uh, day and a half, two days, especially, uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. I went to Meyer in the parking lot was just overflowing with cars. It took me a long time to find a spot. And then uh, wandering around the store, you know, there were just crowds of people and uh, in many places, empty shells. Um, milk was out. Bread was out. Um, you know, you could feel this tension in the air. All of us, uh, I think, trying to act as if things were normal, as if we weren't afraid. And yet uh, this tension in the air as people walked around with masks on and people had their phones out recording, uh, recording the scene of crowds of people and empty shells. You could feel this tension in the air, almost as if a fight were to break out any moment for the last pack of toilet paper. And in this air, there's this, this looming sense of what is going on? Is this for real? What even just a few days ago uh, was still just an exciting news story worth watching closely. All of a sudden in the last two or three days became a reality that is upending most of our lives. Church canceled, schools canceled, meetings, social gatherings, appointments, just about everything, it seems, canceled. The ground beneath us, it feels at times shifting faster than our legs can keep up with. And all of a sudden, here we are in this strange new reality, trying to figure out life with the coronavirus present in Grand Rapids, Michigan. These can feel like disorienting times. But I have some good news for you this morning uh, because it's into this context. It's into the disorientation of this moment, into the chaos of all these thoughts and feelings that have been racing through us, that together we pray to the one Jesus invites us to call our Father. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so uh, <clears throat> this morning, today, whenever you're getting this, uh, there are two things um, I want to remind us of in the context of uh, this coronavirus and everything going on around us right now. And these two things are that God is God and that God is good. And that there is nothing that can threaten or change these claims. God is God. God is good. So as I said, we've been going through the Lord's Prayer, and uh, we're into the, uh, the third petition of, of six now, and we're looking at this line, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I thought I'd begin actually uh, looking at the words on earth as it is in heaven. Um, this, this part of the prayer, these words on earth as it is in heaven are actually the center of the prayer. And this prayer is actually the Lord's prayer is central in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus's longest recordings, longest recorded speech. And um, they're central, they're important on earth as it is in heaven. 
it's a it's a term that a prepositional phrase that really uh, some scholars say could follow um, all six of the petitions. It just happens to be after this third one, but really we couldn't, you know, after praying, introducing uh, our prayer and entering in with these words, our Father in heaven, we could pray, hallowed be your name. May things on earth be as they are in heaven, where your name is hallowed. Your kingdom come. May things on earth be as they are in heaven, where your kingdom, your just, good, peaceful, loving rule reigns. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, where your will, your good pleasure and intention for all things is accomplished. Give us today our daily bread. May it be on earth as it is in heaven, where all of our provisions all of our needs are met. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. May our relationships be made right. May things on earth be as they are in heaven, where all things are right. And lastly, God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Protect us. See to it that we are free to flourish may it be on earth just as it is in heaven. These are important words, on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, Jen mentioned last week Daryl Johnson's book, 57 Words That Changed the World, A Journey Through the Lord's Prayer. And uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm using some of this from his book. Um, but he, he talks about what, what this language, on earth as it is in heaven, especially this idea of heaven, uh, he explores two things that the language of heaven would have brought to mind for a first century Jew in Palestine. Johnson talks about uh, never liking the beginning of the Lord's Prayer as a kid, uh, our Father in heaven, um, because it always felt to him, he says, as though um, we're starting off with this picture of God as somehow far, far away. As though we're praying, he says, Father, way up there, Father, can you hear me? But then he goes on to point out that to um, a first century Jew, uh, this language of heaven, heaven literally means in the heavens or all around us. He says that in our culture, we tend to think of heaven as above us, which is true, but, but he says it is also beneath us, and alongside us. Johnson says, we are surrounded by the heavens. The heavens are the atmosphere in which we live. We live in a multidimensional universe. Heaven is one of those dimensions very close at hand. And so when Jesus is praying, uh, Father in heaven, Father all around us, he is praying, or Father very close at hand. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. And so heaven is not this far away, distant place. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is in mire as I'm walking through, experiencing the panic of people trying to stock up on goods before our lives uh, are locked indoors in our homes. Some theologians talk about the, the thin veil 
that exists in all spaces, that, that all around us is heaven, is the reality of God's rule, of God's reign, of God's presence. And sometimes we get glimpses of it through this thin veil. We get a, a, a picture, a taste of its reality, of its presence. Secondly, Johnson points out that uh, in heaven also means to the first century Jew um, that God is on the throne and that heaven is associated with God and God's authority. And again, that God is God. Matthew 5, uh, just before this part of the Lord's, uh, this part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, but I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool. To bring heaven to mind is to bring to mind God's throne, God's rule, God's power over all things, unrivaled. It is to bring to mind that no matter what is going on in the world, in our lives, God remains God. And that is some good news. Um, Jen was uh, talking with me the other day um, as we talked about this, this, this prayer. What does it mean to pray your will be done uh, to God? And um, it's because God is God that we can pray this and that we can begin to release ourselves of worry and of fear. And um, really worry, if you think about worry, is just uh, one of the ways that we attempt to take over God's job by attempting to control things. And really it's worrying is just attempting to control things that we actually don't have the power to control. That's a part of why worry is so frustrating. And, and I'm not talking here about wise concern, um, judgment, discernment, uh, prudent action taking. When I talk about worry, I'm not talking about those things. Uh, we should be concerned. We should act wisely in this setting. We, should, we shouldn't wash our hands. We should uh, practice social distancing, all of these things, right? Uh, to not do these things is to, to be unwise, it's to be reckless, it's to be irresponsible, it's to uh, fail to, to love our neighbors, um, is the bottom line. Um, but then there's worry, sheer worthless worry, frustrating, nerve-wrecking, powerless feeling worry, and this is what God invites us to lay down. And so talking with Jen uh, the other day, she, she was talking about uh, praying thy will be done, your will be done, God, uh, as being an important part of her own letting go uh, of her worry, of her anxiety, of her fears, and letting God be God. Uh, she was telling me about how early in our marriage, and she may have shared this in, in one of her sermons, um, as I would sleep, she would rest her hand on my back and, uh, and feel all this fear about what if, what if Tony were to die. Um, 
and how she would pray uh, a, a sort of prayer of release, of entrusting me to God, to let God be God over my life, over my future, over our marriage, um, over whatever is to come. And praying that is a prayer of release. And, and that's, not, uh, that's not a guarantee that there won't be pain, that there won't be loss, that there won't be heartbreak or even death. Nowhere are those things promised. But it's a prayer of releasing, of letting go that says, uh, whatever is to come, God, I trust that you are God and that you are good. It's a way really of acknowledging that we uh, lack control over these things we pretend to have control over anyway. God, whatever is to come with this coronavirus, whatever is to come in, in, in my life, in my health, in my future, or that of my family, or my friends, our church, our community, our city, our country, our world, God, we release to you anxiety. We release to you our fear. And instead, we place our trust in you, for you are God. That job is taken. It's not up to us anyway. You are God, and you are good. In this season of prayer, in the season of, uh, of seeking to be still and know that God is God, um, in the season of doing these, these daily exercises of, of centering prayer, um, for those of you who are going through the book, um, it's, it seems fitting to me, I don't know if you've noticed it, but, but that line, be still and know that I am God, um, comes from Psalm 46, the very uh, same psalm that uh, was a part of this liturgy um, that Jen put together for us. Psalm 46 notices, uh, notice this, begins, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And uh, the psalm goes on and, and, and comes to a close at the end with these words. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We are called to know that God is God, to be still, to rest our souls in the hands of God, especially in these times of turmoil. God is God and God is good. We pray your will be done, and we can pray that uh, both with assurance that God's will will be done, for God is God, and God will accomplish all of God's good purposes in the end. Um, but we can also pray that knowing that God's will is good. Um, sometimes people talk about God's will as, as this great mystery of what is God's will? I wish I knew God's will was for, for the world or for my life, for my future. Um, and scripture is actually uh, quite clear about what God's will is. And again, Daryl Johnson talks about, um, isn't this what the whole Bible is on about? Isn't this what, what the mission of God's people 
as we see beginning uh, with the creation of the world um, that we see in Genesis 1 and 2 when God creates the world and says it is good and names us as human beings made in God's image when, when God says to us, uh, I have made you to uh, be blessed and to be a blessing, to go and be co-creators. Johnson talks about um, God's will being uh, for all of creation to be set free. And this, this motif throughout the Old Testament of, of the exodus of being set free, he says, um, the father of Jesus finds no pleasure in people being in bondage. It is God's will that creation be liberated from the powers of sin and evil. It is God's will that we know God, that we know the Father, he says, as Jesus knows him, that we know Jesus as the Father knows him. It's God's will that we would be filled with God's very life, that the triune God would take up residence within us, transform us within, from within. It's God's will that we know Jesus Christ God in the flesh, the reconciler of all things, the one who saves and gives eternal life. It is God's will that all things be reconciled. And so, no, the coronavirus is not God's will. God's will is for God's creation to flourish, and God's will is good, and God's will will be accomplished in the end. And so I'll close with this. Um, consider the fact that Jesus is the manifestation of God's will. I think sometimes we, we get this idea when we talk about God's will, that God's, you know, to pray your will be done is, is somehow... Um, if we pray it believing that God's will for our lives is, is somehow less than in our best interests. Johnson again talks about praying it with, with hesitation, with, with this dourness, with this fear that God is somehow going to, to ruin uh, the pleasures of our lives or take away the things we most love. Um, when we trust that God's will is good, uh, when we know that God's will uh, has our best interest in mind, and in fact, the best interest of the whole earth, um, we start to see that Jesus is the manifestation of God's will. God's will is not something other than all the things we, we see, saw and see Jesus doing in Jesus's life. The healing, the blessing, the the bringing people in from the margins of making one new humanity, the, the giving of life, the restoring of relationships. Jesus, over and over again, talks about his mission being the will of God. Jesus' first recorded words um, uh, in Luke chapter 2 when he's just 12 years old, remember, and he goes to the, the temple and his parents can't find him, and finally they find him, and he says, I'm about my father's business. Jesus says, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me to finish his work. Jesus prays in the garden of Gethsemane, God, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Yet not my will, 
but your will be done. And so Jesus shows us the heart of the Father. Jesus' life shows us what God is all about. Jesus shows us the will of God. And that will is good. And so to pray, your kingdom come, is to pray. May everything that Jesus is about come to be in this world. I invite you uh, to, to pray with me now. And God, these, uh, these are crazy times. And um, these are unprecedented uh, days, um, at least for most of us in our lifetimes here. And we pray that um, in the midst of it, and as we discern how to live wisely and responsibly, how to love our neighbors uh, and love you well in this time. We just pray that uh, undergirding it all would be uh, knowledge that you are God and that you are good. May these truths uh, seep deep into our bones and guide us uh, in whatever is to come um, in the days and weeks before us. We pray these things in Jesus' name.